everyone. Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I am Donnie, your very exhausted veteran. I'm Frank Cota, your heartbroken neophyte. <laughs> and today we are talking about Degrassi The Next Generation, Season 1, Episode 15, which is called Jagged Little Pill, which we might as well try and celebrate here because this is the season finale. We survived <laughs> one full season of Degrassi. Did we survive? <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it. But before we really talk about how we feel about this episode, it's probably a good time to do a quick content warning. We're going to be talking about drug use. Um, we are probably going to bring up some relationship abuse slash trauma, which if you listen to last week's discussion uh, where we talked about Sean's situation... Um, a lot of that stuff carries into this episode, so if that was too much for you to handle last time, you may want to sit out on this one as well. Um, and also, there's a transphobic joke and we need to address it, and so transphobia will also be discussed. Um, there's, there is something that I'm, like, there is a moment that I'm going to say has some kind of, um, date- rape elements about it yes that too jesus this was a rough one yeah yeah i mean a lot of this is just once off lines but obviously we're going to be talking about them in a lot more detail because the writers clearly didn't have the sensitivity toward it so if that is something that you're just like you know what i'm good i'm gonna wait until season two although season two also has its fair share of content warnings like totally fair um so, before we begin, I can't believe we've gotten through a whole season. I mean, I'm not that surprised. I'm just going to move my mic over here. <laughs> um, I'm not, not that surprised. I've watched some straight trash for Teen Girl Talk. And this, wow. This, this, like, for Teen Girl Talk, a lot of times I'll watch stuff and it's just like, this is painful to watch. Like, I'll have to stop and be like... Okay, take a deep breath. All right, jump back into it. Okay, we gotta keep going. <laughs> this was painful in a whole new way in that, like, I fell in love with these kids. I fell in love with the them and their dumb shenanigans and they're just straight up... Like, they were goofs and they were, like... They're, they're, they're a bunch of little ones and I just... I, you know... I've said it before, I want to protect them, and I know there's more bad stuff to come. I'm like, and this was just the, just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so let's get to it. A plot, B plot. Frank, if you would like to, if you there's need not, to collect yourself. It's not really a B, like, I mean, everybody culminates in the first, in the one party. And, like, the B, like, the, I don't really think there's an A and B plot. Like, they're not segregated like they normally are. Now mm -hmm. they're intertwining, because everybody's intertwining. I actually read on um, the Degrassi wiki, this is the only time all the main named characters are at the same party at the same time. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't really call that a spoiler. Like, it's not like I was just like, ah. They'll never be at a party together again. And honestly, I don't want to be at a party anymore. <laughs> no, no. This made me never want to, like, be in a, like, a party ever again. <laughs> I'm good. So, um, but yeah. So, it's the end of the year. We somehow got there in only 15 episodes. We'll never know. We'll also won't really know why half of them are in hoodies still. But that's a different story <laughs> for a different day. Because shooting schedules. Yes. And Canada. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, everybody has plans for the evening, and that plan, those plans end up becoming a party, and then just a lot of bad stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into the bad stuff, I do want to kind of spotlight how the episode opens. So, like, while we kind of call BS on some of the costuming choices in terms of it being the end of the year, um, there are some very sweet moments in the beginning of the episode that kind of go into, like, what it's like during the end of the year. And a lot of it were was the teachers giving send-offs to their students, um, which was really, really sweet because... Um, one of the, I mean, there's also this scene, I don't know, there's like, there's these moments in the beginning of the, sh of the episode that are actually like very endearing and they probably did lull you into a false sense of security. This story opens up with like Ashley and Toby and their parents, like all being a family. Yeah. Like it's very sweet, even though like the dad makes like a throwaway sexist comment, but like, whatever, I am not surprised that a dad would make that kind of joke. I, like, I I was in, like, when this episode started, I was like, this is way too wholesome right. for Dekasi. Right. So I think I was more weirded out by that. Do you remember what the line was? Because I didn't catch it. He says, like, something like, like, he's, like, taunting Toby in some way, like, basically calling him, like, a girly man or something along those lines and how oh. he's going to carry all of the bags and Toby kind of chases him out. And, like, I... I don't love that line, but I'm not going to waste my energy on it, if that makes sense. Is is that the comment that... No, okay. Ashley makes the other comment. All right. So, I'm going to focus my energy on that one. I'm not... I don't feel like fighting about something that, like, a middle-aged white dude says. Because, like, not only <laughs> is it like, hey, Degrassi writers, you suck. But, like, I also feel like that's very typical for a middle-aged white dude. <laughs> you're, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, I'm going to kind of move on. So it's, like, kind of, like, this wholesome stuff. And, like, Ashley and Toby's parents are going to go out for one night. One night they're staying over somewhere, even though, like, they have a zillion bags. Not the point. They're, like, going to do something. And it's, like, very, like, very sweet and wholesome. Oh. So not to defend. I now realize not to defend what Toby's dad said. I think he was making an Arnold Schwarzenegger reference. Probably. I mean, it's still not great, but I think that's why I didn't catch it. Because I'm like, oh, that's not like a weird thing. He's making it just making a dumb dad joke. It's still not great, but... No, no, it's definitely a dad joke. It's still not great. I forgot that it's the early aughts and, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger jokes are, like... And Arnold Schwarzenegger references are just everywhere. <laughs> he could still make a movie. He could. Like... Yeah. Without, like, you know, just a bundle of CGI. And I'm not gonna... Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to defend Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not a good person. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not at all. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so, like, it's, like, this very little wholesome snapshot. And, like, I think this is where the rule is really implemented. I think Ashley kind of reiterates it. Like, you know, okay, so parents are leaving. You each can have one guest. Like, no parties. Like, the typical <laughs> setup for a high school or junior high party in this case. Did you ever, like, when your parents are gone, throw a party? Did I ever throw a party? I did not. I, like, maybe had some people get together, but, like, I didn't have the wild party. Um, that honor honestly went to um, Gwyn Gwyn's family threw a party <laughs> once, and I will conceal everybody and their roles in it for their 
in, for like to to save them the embarrassment. <laughs> um, but I witnessed a high school house party. I never hosted one. Yeah, my, my my sister was just like, "Why would I throw a party when I can just invite a boy over <laughs> without yeah. like parental supervision?" <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like more what like I just was never really the party type. And I must sound like such a fuddy-duddy. I feel like I'm going to sound like a fuddy-duddy this whole episode, but let's rip it off like a band-aid. I, I was not really one who was really into parties. I never did the cast parties, even though I was in the theater program and stuff like that. Those were the wild parties. Those were when, like, oh, like, a parent, like, is like, oh, sure, you can use the house for the cast party. And then it was just, like, wild. <laughs> well, I mean, like... I'm going to be even more fuddy-duddy because, like, the main reason my parents went, would go away and we wouldn't throw parties because, like, it's going to be people in our house and they're going to touch things. They might go through my stuff. No, I just will not have it. I mean, I think it's, like, a real, like, I don't know. I personally think about that sometimes, though. Like, I don't want people going through my stuff. Why would I have a party? I'm really antisocial, though, I'm realizing, <laughs> and the more that I talk about this. But I never had a wild high school party. I have witnessed wild high school parties. I have heard of wild high school parties. They definitely happen. Like, I feel like some people, I feel like especially as much as this episode hurt me in many ways, I will give it this. Like, outside of the acquisition of ecstasy, which I feel like is very hit or miss with the age group, I do think that a lot of the emotional beats of this episode in terms of the party were very typical yeah um like i'm i realize like i'm about to like also uh quote john mulaney again because he has that bit about like a high school party yes 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 there's the one kid who steals the thing of like old antique photographs and like he's been stealing them for years from various people's houses and john mulaney's like why would you do this he's like it's the one thing you can't replace (laughs) So, that was kind of the psychopath I was trying to avoid. <laughs> and I was, like, I was, like, I realized in my normal life, like, I quote John Mulaney a lot. And I was, like, because he's the only prob- non-problematic comedian I know. Yeah, he's kind of, like, all you got, yeah. I feel like, at this like, point in the industry. <laughs> Whatever. I don't need racks. Nobody needs to send me them. Um, but anyway, so we have this very pristine little family scene, and then it transitions to, and this is what I wanted to talk about, was, like, the teacher send-off of sorts for the end of the year, which I actually really loved, because I know, Frank, you really wanted to see, like, some sort of bookend to Quan and Spinner's mm-hmm. relationship, and we actually got it, so, which is really sweet. She, she, she's giving out awards to, like, her students, and she gives Spinner the award, and, but she does prefaces like the the students I will never be able to forget no matter how many years of therapy <laughs> Spinner I think she calls him Gavin yeah yeah she always calls I think she always calls him Gavin she definitely like consistently calls him Gavin yeah which is a very nice little detail um I don't know it seems like he's not really opposed to his name like his first name it's just that Spinner everyone calls him Spinner yeah. So it, it's kind of nice to see that moment between the two of them, especially considering the very rough year they had together, and, and probably multiple years at this point from what it sounds like. Yeah, but they like they have a nice handshake. Yeah. Um, which I thought was like, just very nice. And Spinner does say, I'll never forget you too, Mrs. Kwan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, 
<laughs> it was very sweet. And like, as silly as it is, I even liked, so like, the media immersion class like basically made Simpson an e card. <laughs> it felt very early aughts, but in a good way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was very charmed. I don't know. I'm also a teacher. So, like, I feel like the hokiness of those scenes kind of speak to the hokiness of the end of the year. I feel like we, you know, we all get very sentimental, even if the year was rough. And, like, it's always really kind of nice to get those kind of cheesy little send-offs. It's like, oh, okay, like, something stuck enough that you thought to do this, and I appreciate it. Um, so... As a teacher, do you feel the same kind? Like, I, because I remember the feeling of just like watching that last minute pass and then it's like, it's summer break! Like, do you still get that as a teacher or is that like kind of also gone with high school? I think that it happens. I think that, and it's not even against the kids. Like, you could have a year where you love every single student and you have awesome classes but the fact of the matter is is that while teaching is like you is in most areas a 10-month position it's really a year crammed into 10 months in terms of the workload that you have the responsibilities that you have and by the end of the year even if you love the profession with every bit of your being you're run down so it's really nice in the summer to have that time to recoup. And you'll even see like some teachers, like they'll save their personal days for the end of the year because a lot of them are overwhelmed with grading or emotionally are very spent. And so while, you know, there's excitement about going back to school and there's excitement about like being there and doing the next year and improving upon the year before, a lot of teachers need that break for many, many, many reasons. Yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> I will never fight a teacher. Like teachers definitely do that break, but I just won't, like I wanted to know if there was just that like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely a mutual feeling. Like everyone's just like, oh, okay, okay, like you know, excited about about all like you know all the vacations that they have lined up and excited for just like for a lot of them just being able to not have those overwhelming amounts of responsibilities yeah um uh, but like the other uh kwang is another award that we see the student of all students or no pressure (laughs) goes to ashley (laughs) my other issue with this is like I was thinking about it, and I was like, these aren't even in alphabetical order. And I understand from, like, a storytelling perspective, it makes sense to position them the way that they do. But, like, me being a joy, being a killjoy was like, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. I'm just trying to remember if I know what Ashley's, what Gavin and Ashley's last names are. Um, Spinners is Mason. And Ash, but I understand once again thematically it makes sense to have spinners be first and kind of put a bookend to that relationship, and then have Ashley because it's supposed to frame like look at how great Ashley is. Yeah. So, rip me, I guess. Um. So let's see. Um. So then, like. Uh, Ashley's planning to just have Terry over. Yeah. Um, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's like pretty okay with it. At least like Ashley's kind of questioning it a little bit, but like, but like Jimmy's like, oh, rules are rules. Okay, cool. Which makes per- like 
makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, especially when they had a plot that was all about how Ashley needed space and needed boundaries, and he was, and he appears to be giving them to her. Well, I was going to even say, like, knowing his relationship with the parents, and, mm-hmm. like, because I'm sure he do- point. doesn't want to screw that up, like... Yeah, yeah, and it's like... I mean, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, and I think that's a really, really good detail to kind of include. Like, he he absolutely adores her parents, and I totally understand him not wanting to have that be jeopardized in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, then Toby is, of course, having JT over. Oh, duh. But, um... Paige is not happy. <laughs> it's really funny because it's like, it's like Jimmy's like, oh, rules are rules. And Paige is just like livid at the fact that she is not invited. And, and it's just totally like having a hissy fit at her locker. Come on, Paige. It's just, I think my note says Jimmy and Ashley are able to have boundaries. Paige has none. <laughs> um... I wonder what superlative page got, from, what award page got from Mrs. Kwan. Oh my gosh, I, I'm like trying to think of like teacher speak how to talk about Paige. It's like the thing is about Paige is Paige is the kind of kid on her progress report. Probably every single teacher says Paige has a very strong sense of self. <laughs> like every single time. <laughs> Paige is independent and strong-willed. Paige is able to articulate her needs at any moment. <laughs> Um, High participation. (laughs) Um, But then JT and Toby. um, Is there a scene? I I watched this like two days ago. Normally I watch them like the morning of. So I'm Mm. having some. If I do that, I need to write notes. But like, I know JT, like Sean is still getting the cold shoulder deservedly from Emma. Yeah, because he's like passing through the hall like legitimately passing through the hall um and like emma makes a really really pointed comment about him and like further like pushing him aside and further setting like boundaries yeah a fortress really it's i I hesitate to call it boundaries it's definitely like a line in the sand like you will not come anywhere near me which deservedly again yeah again like you know i I'm it's it's one of those moments where it legitimately feels like and I said this last episode too where it feels like a lot of that build up we've had with Emma a lot of like her how strong willed she is like it's really coming to this very right and very good place with her asserting that what he did was not okay and being very very clear with him that like you don't like this isn't just some like cool off period and suddenly you can come back with your tail between your legs yeah Uh, i've i fully support it still breaks my heart yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely and that's you know i don't like giving the degrassi writers too much credit but i think that it does also speak to effective storytelling like you can create a very nuanced portrayal of a character you can root for that character and you can be devastated when that character fails you in such a horrible way yeah um so that (laughs) oh sorry because i just but then of course as this is all happening you know jt it's he like starts off like "Mm, maybe 
you know, maybe you kind of going in for the kill isn't the best idea. At least that's how he kind of frames it to Toby. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is JT being a voice of reason? Oh, thank God. And then, no. 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 (sighs) At what point does he go and hit on Paige? Oh, God. What point does does he do that? It's like... I don't even remember. JT's just really <laughs> skeevy this whole episode. And his behavior just is a blur to me at this point. It's just like he's just <laughs> unforgivably bad because he he's very manipulative this whole entire time. Like he's very, very manipulative. And, and you know, I'm sure the counter argument is like, isn't Paige manipulative? Yes, of course. I am the first to admit that she is very manipulative. But like the way that he's doing it you know, it's it's the way that he, he's doing it because not only is he manipulating Toby to, like, in many, many ways this episode, but in the process of this whole entire really tizzy of a scene, he's manipulating Sean as well because he's vulnerable. Like, he's going in for the kill in many ways. And the thing about a lot of Paige's manipulations is that they're not there to, like, it's not, like... Okay, no, I, I just suddenly remember the last time we had Degrassi substance abuse, or one of the last times we had Degrassi substance abuse, was getting Terry drunk. Yeah. That was probably the worst of Paige's manipulations. Yeah, yeah. And that was bad. That was vile. We talked about how bad that was. I, you know, it's wild. You could understand her motivations and her little pea brain of an eighth grader. It doesn't forgive her for those actions. But... But the majority of, like, Paige's schemes are just to, like, they're to further the cause of Paige. Yes. Like, yes. she manip- like she manipulates, like, she manipulates Terry again, but, like, part of what she, the way she manipulates Terry is to build Terry's confidence up to push back at Ashley, which was a very one-sided relationship. Yeah. Um, she built, like, she builds up, like, Manny... I forget how badly that one goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, if Emma hadn't had a problem with it, things would have probably gone pretty swimmingly. Like, she was not great when she was tearing down or tearing out the, like, Emma's article, but she still, like, she still tried her, like, she was, it wasn't, like, to deliberately hurt Emma. It was just to get her way. Yeah, it's like, and I mean... I, I, you know, do we have bias? We do. We've been very clear about our bias toward Paige. I don't think we're hiding anything in terms of our feelings toward her. But another thing that JT does in this, which is really dubious, is that he, he makes the claim. So, so in the process, like, Ashley's like, okay, I guess, like, I think this is about when she establishes, like, okay, I guess, like, Paige, you can come over. Um, and Paige is super psyched. And JT takes this as an opportunity to be like, oh, yeah, well, Sean, like, Emma's going to be there. Don't you want to hang out with us? Yeah. And which is really, like, dangerous in many ways. And I understand, like, a seventh grader isn't necessarily going to understand the dangers of potentially having a, you know, putting a somebody who has committed some form of uh, domestic violence you know, I know that sounds very heavy, but in a technical sense, that's what the definition of it is. In many ways. Yeah. Um, 
So you, in allowing that person to occupy the same space as, as the survivor of it, like, that's incredibly dangerous and incredibly selfish because his motivations are basically to be like, let's figure out how Sean gets the babes. Yeah, and, like, and that's what really makes it gross is that, like, JT is coming up with schemes like a pickup artist. Yes. To trick women into like or I'm like I know I'm like I no longer refer to old like I try not to use whatever I'm not gonna get into that but like trying to get girls into liking him and that's just it's dishonest and gross like because yeah. he's not coming at them as JT because let's face facts that's not working no <laughs> um, but like he wants to like he wants to emulate what sh- he thinks Sean is doing like being a bad boy when really what Sean is doing was just being honest with his feelings all the time yeah yeah exactly and and it's also one of those things where it's like jt sean didn't do a good job at like being a heartthrob bad boy he screwed it up he burned that bridge this is not aspirational this is not aspirational at all like there is no reason yeah, like, that ended the way these things normally do with bad, like, in real life with bad boys, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I was attracted to the kind of the danger, but now I realize you're you're not great. Yeah, exactly, though. It's, it's this, it's very weird, because I feel, I don't know, I don't know how you can rewrite this, because usually I try, my brain is constantly tinkering, and I, I understand... I understand you need the strife between Emma and Sean to have that be a plot point, but also at the same time, like, I wish there was some way to establish that, like, Sean is still perceived as, like, sexy on, like, the the rumor mill, other than, like, Paige's one throwaway comment she makes later on in the episode. Like, I wish there was some way to establish that Sean has good graces, but in many ways, we have seen Sean have no good graces with, like, legitimately anybody. Like, the only person that has really seen him beyond the bad boy image has been Emma. And that bad boy image is not exactly one that has seemed to pay off for him. We're not talking, like, that hot greaser type stereotype of, like, oh, he's, he's like, you know, Polish pushing his hair back and, like, smoking a cigarette. Oh, wow, I'm gonna swoon. Like, he doesn't have that kind of perception at all in, in the school. Which, I mean, maybe this is also just him trying to build up a reason for Sean to, like, interact with Toby and maybe Toby get something out of Sean and then take that whatever piece of Sean that works and put it and put it to use to get Emma toward him. But, like, I don't know. That feels like too many steps for me to give JT credit on that one. Yeah, and, like, and also, like, we've seen him open up to Emma. We haven't really seen him open up to anybody else. So I'm just imagining, like, what, like, I know that relationship very well, because the majority of the season, when Sean's interacting, he's generally interacting with Emma. Like, we see him interact with Jimmy, and that turns out badly for both of them. But ultimately, outside of him, like, having a scene with Emma and Manny running interference, we very rarely see Sean interacting with anybody that isn't an authority member or Emma. Yeah. Um, And then, like, the one scene with his brother. Like, yeah, well, it's still authority figure yeah. to a certain extent. Like, Sean is kind of like Terry in that, like, doesn't seem to have... Or not Terry, Liberty. that He doesn't seem to have that many other friends. No, and I feel like that's kind of the whole framework that they've been really operating with for most of the season. 
I, I you know, I just wish maybe, maybe if they had a throwaway comment of some kind, I would, or, or something about his like social standing now post fight, because I could see how people would be like, oh wow, <laughs> how dreamy. Like I don't know, I understand the convoluted mind of a middle schooler; it can go there, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, it's just, like, this really convoluted mess. Anyway, it's super manipulative, regardless, and it's super dangerous in many ways. And it's it's just, like, in after a season where it's been incredibly difficult to cheer for JT, it made it all the more difficult. Um, and I, though I did appreciate Paige just shutting JT down immediately. Yes. That um, was amazing. Hello. Well, because, like, what ends up happening is, like, they have a scene in the school... And then they jump to, I guess, the Ashley's backyard. And then, like, Toby and JT explode something in the house. Yes. <laughs> and they just come out unprompted, which, like, I know the question is, it was like, Donnie, why are you drawing our attention to this scene? It's really important because there's a couple details I want you to keep in mind. Okay, number one, the scene transition is literally Hazel, who's also invited now, yeah. <laughs> playing with Paige's hair. They're, like, playing with her little, like, hair, like, ear lock things. And, like, they're both just playing with Paige's hair. Number one. I need everyone to draw their attention to that. Number two. In the process of, like, shooting down JT's offer, like, you know, Wilds, Paige is wearing a shirt that says, I heart to make boys cry. <laughs> I forgot about that shirt. It's really important. And it's the most Paige core thing I've ever seen. I think it about sums up the character. Anyway, so, like, they're, like, super grossed out. And basically, like, JT and Toby use this, like, the fact that Paige and Hazel are there as, like, a rationalization to have more people come over. And you know how it goes. If you've ever had a sibling, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, at least I think I'm projecting because I'm the older sibling. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, you know, if the older sibling does something, then the younger sibling sees that as the rationalization for them to do it. And it's, like... It doesn't matter if you're the source of authority in that context. Like, they're just going to steamroll you and do it anyway. Very typical. Tale as old as time, really. Um, I have a note in this scene that just says, JT, can you not be you for a second? And I don't 100% know the context. Um, also, it should also be noted that Paige tears JT down by saying, <laughs> did that thing just wink at me? <laughs> Which is the most... Which is the only page way to deal with the situation, which is a soot-colored, like, a soot-covered boy winking at you and doing God knows what in the other room. <laughs> just exploding things. I just... Did they get some... I don't know, fireworks are legal in, like, Canada. What kind of firework blows up like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just weird. It's just, like, a weird little... I understand. I feel like a lot of the time Degrassi does, like, these kind of, like, little gags. And, like, I'm sure, ultimately, they have no weight in the writing room. Like, they're just like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just have JT and Toby blow up shit. Who cares? I'm kind of wondering if it's, like, a reference to, like, 80s, like, teen movies. Oh, probably. Like, a, like a dumb, like, weird science reference. Oh, totally. That's definitely what it is, because a lot of these writers were writing content during that time period. 
So, like, I'm sure of it. I, this is also where I do a major disclaimer. I've seen very few movies in the grand scheme of things, specifically, like, 80s teen comedies. So, like, I'm sure there are plenty of references in this show and in other forms of media that I watch. I never know what the hell is going on in them. Like, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's a reference. I'm like, yeah, okay. I have never saw that movie, but sure. I've watched a few 80s teen movies that most of them are god-awful. I've just been, like... I like so many of them from what I understood were like inexcusably racist and I was just like I'm fine there's a secret lost episode of teen girl talk the pilot episode where we did 16 candles oh why'd you do that to yourself we I was like I've never seen this movie and says he never seen it either oh no John Hughes you are a monster <laughs> oh my god see like I I only saw that like I think I was in high school when I saw that but like I knew about that vaguely but I can't imagine, like, going into it not knowing that was going to happen and just, like, the disgust that would take place. Like, there's a movie called Happy Death Day that takes, like, one of the greatest scenes from that and just kind of redoes it. And I was like, good for you, Happy Death Day. Now I'm going to just reference you when I want to talk about that scene. That's fair. It's like the kiss over the cake thing. But, yes. like, they do it over a cupcake. Good. Good. Okay. Just replace. Copy. Paste. Goodbye. Um... But yeah, like, I was just, now that I was thinking about it, it's just like, like, we see, like, Paige is always so sure, like, sure of herself and whatnot, but I was like, Paige, like, knowing Paige's reputation, I was just thinking, like, how much harassment Paige has to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Oh, 100%. I, I think, and I think that, that, like, I know I bring up the scene quite a bit, like, but that brief moment where people are gossiping about her, like, sexual experience and stuff, I think that's common. I think that happens literally all the time surrounding her like i'm sure there's unfortunately a lot of rumors about her and i think that happens a lot to girls like Paige. like you know Paige is obviously in many ways kind of like good tv type character in mm-hmm. the way that she's written but like i think a lot of those types of girls who are very like sure of themselves very confident in themselves and maybe dress in a way that is considered more provocative for their age group get constantly perceived in such a way. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's rough, but um, she does make one, like, really, really, like, throwaway teen comment talking about, like, how, how like, hot Sean is since the fight type deal. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you're a baby. <laughs> you are such a child. And I just, oh. She's, she's such a baby. I was just thinking in that scene, like, you know, for once, Emma could teach Paige a lesson or two. Right? And that these men are problematic, to say the least. <laughs> right? Like, please. Oh my god, just, like, I just imagine, like, um, Spike sitting Paige down, like, across the long table, and like, listen, I'm gonna sit you straight in some stuff. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> I would love that. Please. Um... <laughs> But anyway, like, all that aside, it's really funny because, like, when Sean is with JT and Toby, like, they're playing Go Fish. <laughs> it's just, like, they're just, like, all on the bed playing Go Fish. And it's just, like, okay. Um, and then um, JT begins the slow down, the quick downfall of the evening by saying, hey, I bought my, I bought an XDC pill from my cousin. God. 
And it's like, it's like the whole thing, the, the lead up to it is like JT just kind of going in and being like, hey, like, how do you get all the fabes? And, and Shaw just being like, I just act like myself, I guess. <laughs> like, and then, like, Sean also double-checking to see if Emma is going to be there and if Emma's okay with him being there. And then JT's like, oh, I bought ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he calls it the love drug. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Um... And, like, Sean's reaction to the whole situation <laughs> is, and, like, once again, like, I'm very furious at Sean right now. I, you know, I, you know, what he did was horrible, and we spent literally, like, an hour, over an hour and a half talking about how against it we were. But he does, but you kind of get that glimpse of, like, old school, like, the Sean that you knew and loved yeah. when he goes, okay, I'm gonna cut the pill. And goes down to the kitchen and swaps the pill with some aspirin. <laughs> like, he, like, he meets Ashley in the kitchen. And Ashley is making some kind of, like, weird shrimp thing. Okay, it really bugs me. I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> At one point, I was like, was it, like, those weird banana dishes that people made in, like, the 50s and 60s when, back when, like, the refrigerator was, like, a common thing? And then people started making really weird jello stuff? And then, when I saw a close-up of it, I began to be convinced they were, like, a burrito-taquito hybrid. And I still don't really know. And I paused it, and I tried to figure it out, and I could not. <laughs> yeah, it's, she's making some kind of crazy snack. Something. Yeah. She's making something. But, like, <laughs> I just, I just imagine, like, running into the actress who played Ashley or somebody, like, one of them, be like, that thing you made, what was it? Like, you don't have any other questions about the show. No, I need to know. <laughs> like, I really need to know because I have no idea. I took a picture. To, uh, not, I didn't take a picture, but, like, I paused it. And I was just like, I need to figure this out. And I... It, it never came to me. My only theory is that they're, like, mini burritos or, like, a, like, some sort of, like, taquito burrito hybrid. Um, so, Ashley, um, like, Sean's, like, go, just, I don't think he even asks, where's your aspirin? He just starts going through the cupboards. Yeah, yeah, which, once again, you know, I'm not gonna expect Sean to be, to, to think of those such niceties. <laughs> Um, and she's, like, also making, like, non-alcoholic, like, mixed drink type stuff and with, like, fun little straws. And she's, she's, she's trying to go all out over here. And he's just, like, taking it out. And she's like, what is that? Is that ecstasy? Blah, 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 And, like, they're just, like, having this, like, you know, this exchange. And Sean is, like, you know, cutting it in half and everything. And specifically is, like, you know, just flush this down the toilet. Like, don't worry about it. Um, you know, I'm gonna make sure they don't get into shenanigans here. Uh, well, Ashley blames him. Yes, she, yes. She means, like, why did you bring that here? It's like, it wasn't me, it was, like, Toby's friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, like, you know, once again, very good little subtle moment of, like, that makes sense. Like, of course Ashley would think that it's Sean's fault. Like, especially when she is, you know, dating Jimmy, who probably has said a fair share of garbage about Sean in many ways. So, like... Okay, this tracks. Um, and then, so, there's been this overwhelming thing, overwhelming theme that, like, people keep calling Ashley, like, a goody two-shoes. Yeah, yeah, Paige in particular has, like, a lot of, like, gripes with it. Like, they, they, you know, 
she's making kind of remarks about how the evening is kind of boring and like all of these types of things and then you also have the framework with Quan's award to her so Ashley decides to liven things up by taking some ecstasy and calling Jimmy (laughs) yeah 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 it's um um so at this point we see what the girls are up to and what they're up to is they're watching a movie with 3D glasses. Yes, yes. It's very wholesome. <laughs> it's very... I liked it. I know Paige probably wanted to do things that were far more exciting, but <laughs> as your local fuddy-duddy, I thought it was fun. And, like, we're not talking, like, the newer 3D glasses where it's just a pair of glasses. It's the old school blue and red. Oh, yeah. Like, it came with the VHS type stuff. You had to punch it out. It was very good. Um... And, like, we're just panning down the line as everybody has... They're watching a horror movie of some kind. And, like, we're panning down and I think Terry's scared. Hazel's kind of scared. But Paige is just like, what do you think she had to do to get that body? (laughs) It's just, like, it's wild. It's very, like, this is definitely what it's like watching a movie with a bunch of 8th grade girls. Yeah. It's exactly what it's like. Um, And... I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's like, as this is all happening, JT and Toby are getting, like, Sean's getting revenge, but being like, you chew on it, chew on it. And they're all like, it's bitter. Like, they're, like, dying. And then once that happens. Toby's like, I don't think I feel it. Oh, yeah. Like, Toby's like, oh, no, I don't think I feel it. And, like, JT is, like, staring at a lava lamp as if his life depended on it. And is, like, doing the whole, like, like they're just doing like they're they eventually like toby thinks he's feeling it and before you know it they're both just making noises yeah it's just noise jt keeps talking about like his connection to the universe and how like life is love and stuff yeah yeah no it's very like (laughs) it, it is what you would expect to seventh grade boys who think that they are under the influence of a drug like this is exactly how they would behave so, but I was, like, during that scene, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, good, they're getting as annoying as people who are actually high are to me. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, it's also, like, Sean's just sitting there eating fruit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and just enjoying himself. He's just, like, absolutely delighted knocking back fruit snacks. Like, my goodness. Um, who, what, the first group that shows up is Emma, Manny, and Liberty, right? Yes, so um, what ends up happening is, is like, while this is all happening, and while they think that they're getting high, Ashley actually is. So, like, and this is where it's going to get weird, because I have never, like, I'm not somebody who's ever done drugs. I I have never, you know, I and I don't really have very much knowledge of ecstasy use. I did some research but, like, your mileage will obviously vary with that type of stuff. And I do know that, like, when using ecstasy, like, your sensations are very heightened. So, naturally, as, like, you know, Ashley is trying to interpret existing in this space, like, she's, like, she's wigging out. Like, she steps on Hazel's hand. Like, she, like, is screaming at the movie, basically. Yeah. And, like, she's just, like, really, she's just, like, all over the place, um, and this is where the 
transphobic comment comes in because Liberty, Manny, and Emma come in, which, by the way, they're dressed in outfits that you would expect seventh graders to wear when they're going to an eighth grade party. Like, I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it, but, like, they're all dressed up in a way that, like, they're, like, trying to come off like they're older than they actually are. Just throwing this out there, how cute would that, like, scene have been? Like, them getting ready? Oh, yeah. That would have been a great scene. I really wish... I would have loved that as opposed to, like, what happens next. Because it's like... Like, Ashley opens up the door. And she was wondering if it was going to be Jimmy. But then it's not. And then she makes this, like, horrific comment of, like... Oh, well... Um, it's, did I even write it down? I think I got so mad I didn't even write it down. It's basically like she's saying, like... Oh, I was expecting Jimmy unless he got a sex change. Was pretty much the short of it. And, like... Ashley, you're already on a very, very, like, very, very thin ice after you showed your ass about, like, your dad being gay. And then you add that comment, and I was just like, I, I can't, I can't. It's just, like, once again, it's definitely one of those things where it's supposed to be a throwaway. And it's not, like, I think it's just one of those things where it's, like, I feel like that's a joke that was so common in the early aughts. But that doesn't mean I have to like it whenever I freaking hear it. Yeah, it's it's not it's never great. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's just like it between this and the butt sex joke in the last episode, it's like Degrassi just say you hate LGBTQ community <laughs> people. <laughs> just pull the trigger on it. Right? Like, <laughs> like just admit you hate people that are in the lgbtq community because I, I can't even say one acronym because it feels like like they're going for as many as they can at this point like like it's only a matter of time before we get the really horrible comments about like lesbian like the, like lesbians and bisexual folks like it's only a matter of time <laughs> like yeah like i'm just thinking to myself like because my heart broke a lot during this episode yeah. and the last episode. But I was just like, if you ever make Paige say one of those horrific comments, I swear to God, Degrassi, I will write you a strongly worded letter. Well, it also contradicts what, like, you know, what we know about Paige. Like, we want to believe, especially after she was vaguely well-meaning in the episode about Ashley's dad, that, like, you know, she wants to do right by her brother she wouldn't hopefully wouldn't make comments like that like yeah. at least i want to believe i mean you know just because you're supportive of you know your gay brother doesn't mean you can't be homophobic or transphobic but like it it would sting it would sting quite a bit yeah um so um the girls head upstairs Although, I do want to add one thing before we get too far in that, which sure. is Ashley has that moment where she, like, embraces Liberty and says, like, basically, like, you know, we're so much alike, except I'm me, like, basically, <laughs> like, which is still very, very Ashley, even in spite of her being under the influence. And it was, like, a very endearing moment in in for in all of this, like, shitstorm. It was a very endearing moment where it was like, oh, you do kind of care about her. I'm glad. Well... I was gonna. We didn't spend a lot of time with it because there was like bigger fish to fry, like during the cabaret episode. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that Liberty makes the announcement, like, um, before the cabaret, like yeah, about the cabaret, mm -hmm. gave me some kind of like you know maybe 
uh, actually learn to be more magma magnanimous, like, and just be like, you know what, I can let you do some more of these, like. Yeah, no, it's really true, and also that we saw Liberty being able to do it pretty confidently, as opposed to earlier in the season, which, you know, for all of the faults of time, I feel like that is something that you can kind of rationalize as it's been a school year. Like, Liberty started stammering and, like, unable to do any public speaking whatsoever and can now lead a talent show. Like, yeah. It's not a small feat at all. Um, and then also actually tries to dance with Liberty and ends up breaking a very large vase. Yeah, yeah. It's... Once again, like, I don't know very much about ecstasy usage so like i don't want to talk as if i am an expert but like it was very like i was kind of sitting there going like is that what people are like i know they like to dance because of like the <laughs> music scene associated with the drug but like when i looked it up it seems like like sensory perceptions are a bit off when you're on it so like the idea of her kind of bonking into a vase and also like your pain receptors are lowered a little bit so, like, I could see how, like, you could bonk a vase and, like, not really think about it and, like, it just happens because, like, all of your, like, senses are kind of scattered in many ways. So, okay, fine, fair. I will give the Degrassi writers this. And, uh, yeah, and if it, it's also just good TV to be like, oh, look, she's so messed up, she broke a vase, and that's not going to be easy to fix when the parents come up before the parents come up. Oh, home. yeah, it's a tired and true thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, I just feel like as soon as you have, like, preteens, you just put the vases away for a couple of years. <laughs> um, so, the girls head upstairs. Sean is there. Like, um, they see Sh Sean, and Emma immediately turns tail and starts, like, leaving. Also, JT, like, licks his lips and stuff around this point, and I wanted to gag. I think my brain shut that out because I, I don't remember it. I don't blame you. Um, so, like, that's unfolding. Spinner and Jimmy come in, and Spinner has a watermelon? <laughs> I didn't like that detail. <laughs> he was like, oh, I need, a, I need to bring something to the party. What do I have? Opens up fridge. <laughs> or... Oh. Or Spinner was just like, it's summer, we need a watermelon. Right, or or they're like, they go to like the quarter store and they're like, he's like, no man, you gotta, you gotta bring something to the party. It's like, you know, you know, don't you know manners? And Jimmy's like, dude, like, I live there basically. It's like, well, you've been a poor house guest up to this point. <laughs> right, it's just like, mind your manners. Anyway. Spinner knows two things, safe sex and manners. <laughs> But, um... Our dear manner chunkhead. <laughs> that's all we can hang on to in this dark days, is that Spinner, no matter what, is still a tender chunkhead. Um, <laughs> and then Ashley does, and at this point, I can only assume this scene is a, this type of scene is a cliche, because I remember this back when I was a wee one. This similar type of circumstance happened in Queer's Folk, which I am aging myself a lot, um, <laughs> where, like... Ashley kind of twirls to Jimmy and, like, he's like, you know, what's gotten into you? And she, like, does the alphabet until she gets to E. And then he snaps at her, which, like, Jimmy, <laughs> you used Ritalin. <laughs> and I understand Ritalin is something you can get with a prescription, but you still abused a drug. And you never actually had any consequences for it other than not 
making the basketball team. Yep. <laughs> you know who, you know who this would have come who this should have come from? Spinner. Yeah. Spinner's the only one who's so far used medicine correctly. <laughs> yeah. I was just I just uh I mean I will give the the plot this. I think it just affirms that the basketball diaries was a mistake. <laughs> and that mm, we we cannot Necess- I feel like there's no point in having it have any canon bearing at this point as the writers have not given it any <laughs> canon bearing seeing as though there has never been any real fallout outside of Jimmy didn't make the basketball team. Yeah, like we we heard Spinner got like what a month of detention for it. Or but like that also sounded like it just congealed with his other detention yeah, sentences. Yeah. Like um but anyway, like Though, then he's just like, you need to start drinking some water. Which is a very good point. Yeah. Because that is a legitimate issue when you are using ecstasy. That is a very legitimate concern. I know that's the one thing that, like, is, has always been reaffirmed to me. So, like, good on Jimmy for knowing that much. I'm also surprised how much these kids know about ecstasy, like, at, in 7th well, grade. Well, like, I don't know if Canada really has an equivalent to, like dare or something like that but like you know i feel like with dare like regardless of its issues like i'm not gonna sit around that because that's a whole other podcast basically unpacking the issues associated with the dare program but like i feel like at least if you were paying attention you probably left with that much of like an impression of what ecstasy is that like oh people should drink water like I feel like that's something you could get away from if your health class or dare or whatever did any review on it. So, like, I guess there's that. But, like, there's... Anyway, he's, like, really worried. She makes this weird toilet joke about, like, drinking water on the toilet. (laughs) Everyone, like, laughs and... I'm assuming everyone was just laughing uncomfortably because they were trying to cope with the situation of, like, Ashley is not like herself. Like, Paige doesn't even seem to be that pumped on this whole situation. No, but, like, I think that, I mean, like, why would you, though? Because it's like, I feel like this happens as somebody who has consistently been the sober person in most social situations. Like, once your friends start going off the rails, you are miserable because you know you're the one who has to pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> and and even though Paige isn't really the person who does that, and we'll talk about why she's really not the person who does that, I'm sure Paige is calculating in her head, like, oh no, the person whose house this is, is going off the rails. What does this mean for my evening? What does this mean for, like, how are we supposed to deal with this? I don't want to deal with this. What am I going to do? Like, the gears are turning in her head about, like, long-term, like, what are we going to do? And... There could we don't know Paige's family life, but I'm assuming, like she's probably would be worried that like if her parents found out she was in a house where ecstasy was taken, like there's gonna be some fallout for Paige. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and I think that also kind of speaks to Paige kind of trying to think that far ahead, where she's like, oh man, like <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for somebody else's shit. That's not my style. Like, yeah, I mean. 
It, <laughs> I just realized, like, I was thinking, like, Paige's plans work when nobody's paying attention to Paige. That is correct. <laughs> like, that is very correct. Like, people are paying attention to the Paige look. Like, she, like, it's all, it's, it's all a magic trick. It is. I just suddenly realized, like, it's like Paige is like, yeah, look at, look at my outfit whatnot. Don't pay attention to what my left hand's doing. My right? left hand undoes the safe. <laughs> right? Well, but, like, that's exactly kind of, like, what it is. And it's just, like, yeah, no, she's, she's like, not feeling it. Um, Emma, this is where we get kind of get back to, like, Emma, Emma, like, storms off that Sean is here. Um, Ashley goes to the bathroom. She sees Sean cry one manly tear. He's, he's sitting at the top of the stairs crying. Yeah. And yeah, then, there's like this shot of like this tear that just kind of flies off his face. And this is truly a mistake. I This is where the details in my notes start really getting lost and it's just me writing what the fuck and I hate this. Um <laughs> uh, we have we have to talk about it. I know we have to talk about it. I don't it. want to. I'm in but... agony. I'm in agony. The, this the, this is where the rest of the episode it just it is painful. The, welcome to the spiral, folks. Yup. Um, everything else was just cotton candy compared to this. Ugh. Okay, so Ashley's like, come. She's Ashley's like, oh no, Sean, you're upset. Um, come come into this room and we'll talk about it. And she leads him into, I think, her bedroom. Yeah, because it has, like, posters about her running for president and stuff like that. And they sit on the bed, and... I forget what show... I forget exactly what they talked about, if they even talked that much at all. They start to kiss. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is bloody awful. (laughs) It's... A nightmare. And Jimmy already knows Sean is here. I think, doesn't she say, like, I got the pill from Sean? Yes, 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 yes. I just, Uh, I'm in pain. Yeah, like, we fade out, we fade back in. Although, this should also be included. There's one, sorry to cut you off. There's one moment where, like, Jimmy finds out about, like, this whole situation because like toby's coming down the stairs and like jimmy says something along the lines of don't you know e leads to harder things like my fists (laughs) and i really needed to draw attention to this and like this is the thing about this whole entire thing of jimmy having an issue with ecstasy is like i'm trying to figure out if this is like this thinly veiled setup for jimmy having somebody in his life that had issues with like recreational to harder drugs um I think in regard, I I think that is a very strong possibility, but I also think because I forget that somebody says it was either Toby or JT's or like it, the, all the blame is laid on Sean's feet during this yes. scene. I think no matter if somebody did tell like Jimmy the truth in this moment, he's going to still believe it was Sean. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think like I think Jimmy like. The association in my head that Jimmy makes is Sean is Toby and JT's friend. So even if it, like, even if it was Sean who brought it, like, the two being okay with it and, like, participating in it, like, kicks the big brother switch up. And That's he's, a good point. And he's just like, 
are you too insane? Like, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So... Um, so I think Jimmy's just storming around the house trying to find Sean. Yeah, yeah. It's established that Sean is upstairs and... Uh... We, when we come back to that, Sean leaves the room. He's not wearing his jacket. No. He leaves first. Somebody sees him. I don't know if it's JT or whoever. Doesn't matter. And then Ashley leaves the room, and everybody can put together the one and one. Well, yeah, because, like, she also, like, her, I think her sweater is just, like, off. She has a strap that's falling down. Well, like, the the, 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 sh- the sweater's off the shoulder. Yeah, it's just, like, like, her hair is askew. And Jimmy puts two and two together very quickly, and they literally fight in front of everybody and like the drama's too much for even Paige to enjoy it like she's getting stressed out watching this and if Paige is stressed out watching something so salacious you know it's too much well there's a difference between salacious like like fun high school salaciousness and then this because this was scary yes because it's like it's it becomes this conversation where Ashley like, Ashley just talks about, and, and, okay, another thing about ecstasy is, like, it, it heightens your sensation, like, very much, like, on a tactile level and stuff like that, and so, like, when you are intimate with people while on it, it usually, like, you know, really heightens the sensations, and I think that's what the writers were kind of building off of, because she just can't shut up about how great Sean is, and how, like, he has things that Jimmy lacks, and how like she was gonna break up with him on his birthday anyway and it's just like i don't really know if ecstasy really turns into a weird kind of like truth serum type deal not to say this is necessarily a truth serum like i don't know if it makes you talk like this but regardless on a television level i was in agony yeah because Well, it just gets worse and worse because it's just like they're talking. She's talking about like how Jimmy is garbage, basically. Um, and in the process of talking about how they're garbage, Terry tries to kind of intervene. And in the process of it, like Ashley focuses her anger toward Paige, calls Paige a hag in terms of her looks and personality. And like you know okay it's a more child targeted tv show like she's not necessarily going to curse but still hag is like a really nasty thing to say to somebody to call them a hag like really hurts regardless of like censorship and we've not seen this level of vitriol aimed at Paige through the entire season no and like in in such a petty way like this isn't really a way that like it's not like terry's finally getting back at Paige for making her intoxicated and fucking up her chances with spinner like and then i feel like you know i wouldn't be really upset i'd be like yeah you know you probably should have been called out about this like yeah 12 episodes ago but like to to just like go in this really petty direction when you're already being so petty and awful and it's just like like the, the, it just keeps piling up um ugh. And we, we referred to Paige and Ashley's relationship as kind of like a rivalry. Yeah. But, like, 
I still think there's like some measure of respect between the two. Maybe that's just me, like, you know, uh, I don't know, projecting it, it, onto it. It's not like this. Yeah. Regardless, even when they have tension, the tension, I mean, I wouldn't say there's necessarily respect. I think Ashley has made pretty snide remarks about Paige as a person, especially in the Cabaret episode. I don't think Ashley necessarily ever really respected Paige on a very deep level. But there's a difference between you kind of gossiping behind somebody's back and saying, like, you are a hag. It, yeah. It's, it's sarcasm versus just insults. Well, yeah, and it's also just, like, there's a difference between you saying, like, hey, like, I kind of think you're a dick. <laughs> and I think that you are hideous. Like, those are two different types of things. And it's possible to say, like, you are a dick without the person storming off at you. Yeah. It's, when you when you go into that, that, like, very petty, terrible level, don't be surprised when, much like in this episode, everybody leaves. Um, Hazel, um, Hazel, Spinner, Jim, Jimmy, obviously, uh, Paige, all disappear, Manny... JT and Liber- Liberty also leave. Um, and Terry's like trying to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Bless her. She should have went home. Yeah. Like there is no reason why. Like, and I understand like Terry's a loyal friend and that's to a fault. And that's kind of the whole thing about her. But like she is basically trying to play referee over here. And there are no, there's no way to. It's just exhausting to even watch it yeah um i know we're talking about a lot of heavy stuff but i just want to like just think about just how odd this night must be for liberty oh my god <laughs> liberty's first party well <laughs> well guess what liberty well the thing is is like there's so many moments in the episode where in like I didn't really hang out with a rowdy group of people, but I was what I was the friend where if I was bored and I could get a way out or I could walk home, I would. Yeah. <laughs> like I was the type of person where it's like, mm, I'm good. Bye. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. And like, that's how I felt watching this episode. Like if I was at this party, I'd be like, as soon as Ashley came stumbling in, like, like vaguely high, I'd be like, mm, bye. <laughs> there was one, there was one party in college where like, you know, I was just wandering around, and like, you know, you like you smell somebody smoking weed. You see people drinking, like, you know, it's the end of the world. And you like, I like, I went looking for a bathroom. I opened a door, and there was like people doing lines off, like, oh, the sink. Bye. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm part. Woo, enough party for me. I hit my limit. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 I feel like, especially like middle school me, like the second like somebody was acting kind of off, and I couldn't really identify why they would be. I bye. I'm gone. farewell like that is my limit goodbye um god liberty (laughs) just like oh cool fun night out with emma and manny like and it's like i'm going to ashley's house great (laughs) oh man she really probably thought that this was like a big you know big deal (laughs) big big moment in their relationship no it's just it's garbage it's garbage time yeah that is that is what's happening um anyway so you know we get to the morning Terry's way too good for this because she's, like, helping clean up. And Ashley's just, like, staring vacantly. Oh, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we forgot. 
one of the worst moments in this God, episode. did I just block out, like, everything? Because... Oh, right. <laughs> so, um, sh- somebody steps out. Is it Sh- Sean steps outside. Emma is sitting outside, and oh, Sean's just God. like, Emma, and she just looks at him and is cr- silently crying. Yeah. And then Toby comes outside and sits down next to Emma, and then Emma hugs Toby. It's the worst. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, Toby can see Sean and... Oh, I don't like this. Degrassi? (laughs) It's Frank here. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Right? I'm laughing so I can cope. (laughs) I... I, like... I understand this is probably going to be a plot point in season two. Because I feel like this is just one of those things they've been working on the whole entire season. And, like, of course they're going to address it. <laughs> I don't remember caring this much about this aspect when I first watched this show. Because, <laughs> like, who knows like, who knows what you thought about, like, when you saw these, like, these young ones before. It's true. I was just like, oh, they're straight by. Where's the gay <laughs> character? I knew, he, I know he's somewhere. <laughs> it's like when I was originally watching Avatar The Last Airbender, and I was like, man, Sokka's really annoying. Like, he doesn't do anything. And then, I, like, rewatching it older, I'm like, Sokka's, like, the heart of the team. And, like, he's, like, that awesome, like, he's a better Xander type than actual Xander. <laughs> true. So. 100%. I, I agree. I only watched that when I was older, so I didn't have an issue with his character. But I could see how little me probably would have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next day, Terry is... Too good for this world. Yeah, helping to clean up. Toby's cleaning up. Ashley comes down the stairs in pajamas. Yeah. Meaning that Terry got her, like, her upstairs... Got her into bed and then changed, like, also changed her. The other thing is, is, like, when you're on ecstasy, like, you could stay up for hours. So, like, I'm very worried that Terry spent most of the night waiting for Ashley to come down. And that makes me incredibly upset. (laughs) Yeah. um... Poor Terry. (laughs) I know, like, I think she had legitimately, not only was the night that we saw terrible for her, but I feel like her, like, the rest of the evening was the pits. Yeah. Until, like, it's uh, it's both, like, funny and sad of Terry, like, okay, we're just gonna put our pajamas on. Yeah, right. We're gonna put our pajamas on. (laughs) Right? It's like, it's like 5 a.m. and she's like, finally, silence. (laughs) And just, like, stares at the sun as it's rising. (laughs) and just resolutely says i need some better friends <laughs> yes please oh my god so like they're like and like ashley like remembers very very little and once again i was researching and i couldn't really get a cohesive statement about like short-term memory loss i found out that research says long-term ecstasy usage results in memory loss i don't know about First time. I couldn't get really conclusive scientific evidence. I'm gonna, like, my my way of saying 
it could be possible is that she's she's a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she's taking some sort of stimulant, and it's gonna mess with her perception of things because that's what it does. And then she's not gonna remember aspects of it because her sensory capacity was all over the place. Yeah. Um, Toby's helping to clean up. Yeah. Um, well, because he knows his ass is grass, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, knock, 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 who's at the door? Is it Jean? No. No. It's Spinner. With an Adidas shoebox. <laughs> Doing the high school best friend's duty, he um, brings her a box of things. He's like, here, Jimmy wanted you to have these. He doesn't want them anymore. And then, Ashley... You know, give her credit. She asks, how's Jimmy doing? And he's like, you, he says it's done. Don't, you shouldn't try and call him. And then leaves. Yeah. Do you think there were manly tears spilled between Spinner and Jimmy? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, Without a doubt. Oh my God. I was just thinking that like Spinner probably did also stay with him all night. Oh, yeah. And then, like, tucked him in. He's like, well, I guess I'll go home now. <laughs> right, right. Like, didn't even think to, like, stay over. Like, he's just like, oh, guess I'll leave and check in on him in the morning. <laughs> now Spinner and Terry make much more sense. Right? <laughs> right? It's just, like, it's sad. And, like, Ashley's inconsolable. And Toby is, like, helplessly trying to clean up the house. Toby immediately jumps into like toby problem solving mode yeah of like we like you're sad let's not focus on that like let's focus on this thing that we have to do because he immediately gets like super energetic He's like come on guys we gotta clean the house we gotta clean the house yeah and it, it it probably also speaks to his coping mechanisms from back when his parents were having a very messy divorce of just like oh let's just maintain routine and if we maintain routine it's going to be okay yeah which you know is, is a recurring theme with toby where he likes routine and he likes tradition in many ways. And when it doesn't fit the tradition, he gets very angry and upset, you know, which in many ways I guess you can use as kind of the, the psychology behind his feelings toward Emma and not feeling and not being able to deal with the fact that they are unfulfilled very well. But like he likes routine and in many ways that's all he kind of knows is a coping mechanism and he's trying desperately to get Ashley to do that. And it's just an incredibly upsetting moment. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of wondering what kind of parental reaction they're going to get. Like, if it's going to be full on, we are furious about this. Or, like, I feel like there's always a point with parents where, like, you just show up and you just look so haggard and, like, broken down. Where they're like, oh, looks like the lesson's been learned. <laughs> Well, I also feel like that would be very in line with Ashley's mom, seeing as though she's very, like, you gotta figure shit out. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she just sees Ashley in a heap and Toby helplessly trying to clean, and her being like, hmm, okay, I'll do I'll do mild follow-up, but I think, <laughs> I think the deed is done. I think we've all learned a lesson here. <laughs> I am never leaving the house ever again. So... Uh, do you have anything to add? I don't. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I know, right? I need to. I need to. I need to just dive into into other things. Anyway, what would you rate this episode? In, in spite of its devastation, what would you give it as a grade in terms of 
you know, technical stuff. I give it a B plus. Like, I was not happy to watch it, but, like, there wasn't anything fundamental. Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus, actually. Not, like, because of the comments you pointed out to me that I didn't catch on my first run through. Mm-hmm. Not great. No, not great at all. But, like, overall, I thought it was a solid episode, even though I hated everything that was happening. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. It's like, the ecstasy is obviously the big salacious point, but I think a lot regardless of whether or not you can believe that eighth graders in a predominant uh seventh graders rather in a predominantly white canadian neighborhood can acquire them or not like have the know-how to do it not to say that i don't think they can do it but like jt to have the ability to like talk to a cousin and secure this you know your mileage may vary but in terms of the actual conflicts they felt very real to the age group it the party wasn't one of those and i think a lot of teen media like, they they go too far with the parties. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, there haven't been wild ragers in junior high, high school level. Like, they absolutely have existed. But I feel like it always goes so big. Like, there's a DJ. And yeah. there's, like, <laughs> table dancers and stuff. Like, like I'm like, no. No. No, 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 no. Or, like, you know, it's, like, top shelf liquor. And it's like, that doesn't happen. Okay, that part maybe in certain subcultures but i highly doubt <laughs> that's still my favorite part of the terry drinking episode is that they're drinking like what was it, like grenadine or something oh, no no it's like cognac or something no, like that like no. something like that that you would not drink at that age but it's definitely in your father's liquor shelf no i i, I don't even think it was cognac like because that that's no that's too, nice that's that nice that's fancy. true it was something you mix with other things i think it was some sh- it was sherry Sh- that's what it was i was like it's something you did with cooking i think and like my brain went to that but like no it was 100 sherry like it was n- like nothing to write home about like yeah. and and i respect the degrassi writers for doing that like say like like i have my gripes with some of the later seasons in terms of how they handle it but there's something very realistic about the first season in terms of like the capabilities that these kids have it it doesn't go in a way that you have to suspend disbelief that these teenagers can do some of these things it's very well within what you expect teenagers to have access to yeah um I just also want to say on the point of like acquiring ecstasy like that was one of the besides like the fact that i've never had any desire to do any i've never drank never did any drugs never smoked um but part of like one of the big reasons was like i don't know where you get weed right <laughs> like, i was just like i don't know what the secret handshake that you have to do is or like who like what book you pull at the library to like spin around the bookcase to get to the secret weed palace like, I don't know how any of that works, and I feel like I'm kind of happy for that. Um, JT apparently had a cousin, and, like, that's how he was able to get this tab and use two weeks of his allowance, <laughs> which, okay, I don't know what his allowance is. I'm not going to try and map that out, but... Just, just imagine how much funny it would be if the cousin actually did just give him a baby aspirin. That would be really funny, and that... <laughs> That would have been real good and would have avoided half of the conflicts in this episode. <laughs> like, I always wonder, like, if I, like, just took some, fi- like, took, like, chopped up oregano and sold it to kids pretending it was pot, could the cops do anything to me? 
if I was just like, hey, 13-year-old, you got 20 bucks, you want some weed? And it's just like, basil? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know the legal ramifications of that. Well, like, we're bringing you in, but for what? We don't know. Yeah, like, like they'd be like, something's illegal. But I don't know. I don't really know off the top of my head anything. Yeah. Anyway, um, end of the season character rankings. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be, like, full, like, is this a summary of the whole season? Or uh, I mean, just for this episode? I guess just for this episode. Because, I mean, ultimately, this is where their rankings are right now. I mean, when we do our end of season wrap-up show extravaganza... <laughs> We can do, like, full season, but, like, at the end of this episode, where are you feeling? Hey, Sean, high-five your new best friends, JT and Toby, at the bottom. <sighs> and, like, JT, like, JT, they, oh, everybody got there by their own actions. Um, like, JT just never, ever kind of broke like got anywhere up like toby you start toby started strong like but then like he started listening to jt which was a problem yeah and as much as like like it well the 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 death the 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 death toll for sean was like making out with ashley because like Sean's Sean was sober Ashley was not that is never ever 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 acceptable mm -hmm. like and I can't excuse it I can't excuse it in any way so welcome to the bottom Sean mm -hmm. um the fight last week was not great like this is even worse so yeah that it breaks my heart to do it but that's where he belongs yeah that's where he is that is where he is um and it, like that's and yeah you know, we we refer to him as our son and I'm not angry I'm just disappointed. Oof. <laughs> like so yeah, um, <sighs> Emma, you're on the rise still for sticking to your guns. Um, Manny also just being there for your friend because Manny just immediately leaves with this nonsense like mm -hmm. I'm. Just, I'm sure Manny and Liberty were just pumped to go to an eighth grade party. Yeah. But, you know, there was nothing keeping them there. So, Liberty, you're also on the rise um, for just, uh, for getting out there. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you, you get a little something for getting out there. Um, Paige made, you know, made her normal comments. Is gonna stay roughly the same. Um, actually, you're going. Uh, you're going down in my estimations for. For your comments and just. And also the like for, in, going after Jimmy, for because like. Yes, like you you're right, Donnie, for calling Jimmy a hypocrite. But he was like amongst his anger trying to make sure Ashley was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I can give him credit for that. So he's on the rise a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. And also for what I perceived as being trying to be a good big brother to Toby. Mm -hmm. Um. Terry. You know what, Terry? 
Like, for everything you went through and for sticking by your friends, uh, but also growing, uh, get up there and high-five Paige. Aw, yeah. Because, like, if I'm going to give credit for people, like, doing the right thing, Terry, Terry's consistently done the right thing. Only, like, only done the wrong thing when she was manipulated by the world's, the, this high school's greatest manipulator. True, true. Like, you can't even say that she's, like, weak-willed, because, like, Paige knows how to play people like a fiddle. Like. Yeah. Um, Spinner, you're rising my estimations for um, bearing the hatchet with Miss, Mrs. Kwan, for bringing a watermelon to a party, and for your believed uh, caretaking of Jimmy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, people are on the rise for being good friends. Um, let's see. Uh, Mrs. Kwan, also... You're rising my estimations for being a good, uh, for also bearing the hatchet with Spinner. Because <laughs> Lord knows, like, it must have been a Herculean effort to kind of forgive him for some of his, for some of his stuff. Oh, yeah. Though I know, I was thinking about it, like, she probably never, I don't know, uh, Mrs. Kwan seems, I don't know, I don't think, she, I think she might have her suspicions that Jimmy and Spinner were behind her, like, mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't think she would, like, pursue it unless she could, like, prove it definitively. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's also the way it is when you're a teacher, like, unless you have definitive evidence, especially with, like, cheating. Like, so many people think that they've gotten away with it, but the, in the actuality, like, the teacher saw you, they just don't have physical proof that they can put against you. Yeah. Like, very rarely has a person truly gotten away with it as in nobody noticed it. Like, usually there's some form of signs but unless you literally have an answer sheet in your hand <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to prove um yeah uh snake you deserved that e-card they made you yes um and yeah uh and spike i know you weren't in this episode at all but You're everywhere but your great parenting of Emma continues to shine through, through her actions. So you're also on the rise. Good. Um, I also want to make a correction before we go any further. I refer to Emma and Sean's situation as domestic violence. It's not on a technical sense. I'm just very tired. Um, it's still intimate partner violence. So don't get it twisted. It's still messed up. It's just not. It's just a different technical term for it. I just was, my brain was going during it. And I was like, man, I screw that up. And I'm a sexual assault advocate on a sexual assault support hotline. And I need to do that and correct it. Um, but want to go to recommendations? Uh, yeah, I honestly don't have any for this week. Like, I just, it's been, a, it's been a very rough week for me. And I just couldn't think of anything that was just like, it's a party. I don't really peruse very much media that's like it's a party um and usually when i'm backed in a corner i usually just end up recommending like music um so i feel like recommending an album it's called fist and palm it's by a band called bellows um and it's all about like a not really a romantic relationship but a relationship um, falling apart and becoming toxic and unhealthy and having to kind of reconfigure yourself again. And I feel like seeing as though a lot of 
the later part of the season slash this episode was really exposing how unhealthy some of these relationships are. Um, it's definitely an album that's worth checking out because number one, it's really, really good. I absolutely love it. I love the band. Um, but it's also something that's probably in the same headspace that you are in after you have watched this <laughs> series for 15 weeks in a row, give or take. So um, it's definitely an album that's worth checking out um, and a band that's worth checking out. Cool. <laughs> so I checked out Camp Cope after Donnie's suggestion and I am all thumbs up on it. Thank you. And they are also really good to revisit, especially if you are very, very, very angry at Sean and his actions toward Emma. It is an album that talks a lot about the devastations of sexual assault and how some some people are able to get away with it because of their contributions to music, etc., etc. So that also, doubling up, listen to some Camp Cope, listen to Bellows, put yourself in a weird brain state, but hopefully you're listening to music that is interesting and different and comprised of people within the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So what are we doing next week now that we've done... We're, this, that was it. We're done with the season one. <laughs> So what we're going to be doing is, um, the plan is that to next week we're going to do kind of like a sum up, kind yeah. of end of season celebration, basically, where we're going to kind of reflect on what we liked about this season, what we didn't like about this season, um, and do some good old superlatives, <laughs> as this is a junior high we're talking about. Um, so we're going to chat a little bit in a way that's less structured with some things that might be a little more structured, um, just so we can kind of put an end to season one. Um, and then before we jump into season two, because trying not to spoil too much about to Frank, but it gets heavy. Um, we're going to <laughs> liven it up a little bit. We're going to actually read a book. Um, Frank, would you like to introduce it? Um, it's called Dear, uh, Dear George Clooney, Would You Marry My Mom? <laughs> by Susan Nielsen, one of our favorite Degrassi writers. I thought we were going to be doing that next week, so I'm about 80% of the way through it already. <laughs> it's also a middle grade book. Yeah, it's like it's also like, it's actually like 215 pages. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's, I'm very excited. I haven't actually started it yet, but we figured we wanted to do something a little related to Degrassi. We really like this author. Well, we like how she's written the episodes, so um, we're very excited to kind of pick apart her young adult middle grade writing career because it apparently was what she wanted to do like she just hmm. got kind of caught up in writing Degrassi stuff and then she was like oh I, but I've always wanted to write novels yeah so we're very excited to kind of check it out and talk it out and then we'll get to season two um and if everything goes according to plan we will have some very special guests to kick off season two so please definitely make sure you hang on hang on and enjoy the next two weeks while we're going a little off format um, that being said, if you want to keep in touch with us, um, we are going into season two territory. So if you want to appear on an episode or you want to speak to how a season two episode impacted you, and there are some heavy hitters coming up, do not hesitate to email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Also feel free to just kind of talk to us and chat with us. Um, we just finished up season one. We're feeling very vulnerable. If you want to share some of those moments with us, feel free. Um, so definitely do that. If you want to do it on other forms of social media, we have our Tumblr at ihopepod.tumblr.com. Um, we're also on Twitter at ihopepod. 
Um, we also have a Facebook group called I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, where you can absolutely talk to us in that um, in those types of various formats and character lengths. Um, we still we have not gotten any testimonials um, yet, but I we're still holding out. Uh, either Donnie and I can read it, or you can send me an audio file. Um, but if it's for a past episode, doesn't matter. We'd still like to hear your thoughts on like particular Degrassi episodes or just what this series means to means to you. Um, and I'm uh, my personal Twitter is at Stuck Dancing, and my personal Twitter is at DM is Unbreakable. Um, but well, I hope we can keep making it through. I'm I'm still game. I want to see where these kids end up. Good. We'll see. Now you're attached, and that's the trap. <laughs> that is the Degrassi trap. Yep. So we hope we can make it through, um, and we hope you could be there with us. We'll see you next week as we reflect on the events that have <laughs> occurred this season. Now enjoy the Alanis Morissette, because how could I not? Later. Yes. Bye. <laughs>